I remember Chris began to get this, the almost like reading the scriptures to be like, well, why aren't we doing what it's telling us to do? And we were kind of like, well, we don't really have a good reason why we're not doing it. And all of a sudden, something began to birth in all of us. Like, look, we, we're not going to go wait for the world to come to us. We owe the world an encounter with the Lord. There is only one way! So, um, so we were talking about how, how important it is that people understand why 33rd does what they do. And it really comes down to one, one real core driving statement that I, I know you both have said over and over and over. And you want to share what that, that is? Yes. Chris? It's on our website. It's on our t-shirts. I don't know if Aaron's got a tattoo of it yet or not. but that that phrase we say all the time is the original call never changed and oftentimes when preaching or writing or posting on social media we're like the original call never changed we have just changed it in 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 our in our western uh, christianity and and with that that call being in Jesus in Matthew uh, verse 28 or sorry, chapter 28, he says, go and make disciples. So really the core of what we do is we make disciples. And I think that somewhere along the line, um, we've throughout church history, something happened where evangelism and discipleship became two separate things. Jesus didn't say go and make converts or go and help people make decisions or go and pray a prayer with somebody. He said, go and make disciples. And this might be like too simple. I'm a pretty simple person. I say all the time to people, if you make cookies, like that takes effort, right? Like I was just at a church in Houston and they're like, yeah, like you got to get the ingredients, put it in the bowl, like mix it up, put it in the oven. I'm like making disciples again, silly analogy, but making disciples takes effort there's the making aspect, which is the outreach component. And then there's this, the, the, the discipleship aspect, which is discipling the new believers that we've met on outreach. So many churches, so many ministries that I see, they've got a prayer category over here, the prayer group, they pray. They've got the outreach group over here. And then they've got the, uh, the disciplers over here. And it's like, there's these different groups almost what we're attempting or trying or trying to motivate the church into would be to have making disciples prayer outreach and discipleship all happening at the same time never separated that's the heart of the original call never changed yeah i mean really is what jesus has been it's what he equipped his disciples to do right go heal the sick raise the dead cast the demons and go make disciples so there's a component of the practical, the disciple making and the supernatural. I think sometimes we run after the supernatural yeah. and we forget the natural component, which is uh, 
you're going to feel inconvenienced at times. You're going to let somebody into your life. You're going to have to be on a phone call late at night. You're going to welcome them into your home as that discipleship stewarding that new believer into right relationship with the Lord. Right. We, you know, we've said before it's, it's sometimes easy is the wrong word, but it's not as difficult to walk into a grocery store, run up to somebody, yell at them, Jesus loves you. And then run away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Almost scared of what they'll say. Like, what <laughs> yeah. if they actually say, <laughs> yeah. I want to know more. Are we even equipped to tell them more? Right. <laughs> and you know, you, you walk up to somebody, you give them the gospel. Well, first of all, you need to ask them if they want to receive Jesus. Sometimes people preach at them and they never actually ask them if they want to receive Jesus into their life. But then what happens after that? Right. You don't just want to give them Jesus, and then walk away and like figure it out. And we want to walk with them. And so that original call, right, it's, first of all, it's kind of what thir- the number 33 is all about, is when Jesus gave his all on the cross, and we pick up now that calling and continue it. So mm-hmm. he didn't go on the cross and die so that we never would have to. Rather, he went on the cross to show us how to. Yeah, And we That's are now right. to surrender our life to say, my life is not my own. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, my time is not my own. My money is not my own. My possessions aren't my own, but... First and foremost, my number one goal of being here on this earth is to honor God with my life, to represent him well to the world, and to go and make disciples. That yeah. is the original call. And we say this often, too. It's There are people that are born again, love God, right? Um, they're, they're even loving their neighbors. They're, they're kind people. They're full of the, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And they're going to heaven, Right. Um, but they're they're actually missing the missional call of God on their life. And I don't want to take away from any of that other stuff, but what if we had uh, born again, spirit-filled believers that were that were nice and kind, amazing people, right? That are light and salt to the world, but they're also living on mission. Right. And so when I read this, you know, just I can't get away from it. It's like I feel like it's in every message I ever preach, but in, in Matthew 28, verse 19, he says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. And then I love this in the new living translation, verse 20, it says, teach these new disciples. Right. And I think so much discipleship, like if it, there's like two different categories of discipleship. When I look at it, there's people that have been believers that were discipling. And that is continue. I'm, I'm being discipled by, by the pastor at my church and leaders around me. There's that form, but then there's new believer discipleship, mm-hmm. which without outreach, you're not going to have new believer discipleship taking place. So this is where evangelism and evangelism and discipleship come together yep. in the making disciples. So these new, we're teaching these new believers to obey all the commands I have given you. And then he says, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We're not doing it alone. Right. Right. He's partnering with us. He's walking with us. And when, when he came uh, to, I like call him the boys, when he came to, to call his first disciples, he said, follow me. What I'll, I'll make you fishers of men. And they immediately dropped what they were doing and they were following him. They didn't follow him into a classroom setting where he said, uh, for the next two years, I'm going to teach you and then we're going to go get to work 
He said, follow me. And as Jesus did it, mm-hmm. they watched it. And then in that context, in that Jewish context, whatever the rabbi did, whatever the teacher did, was modeling what they were to do. So he said, hey, follow me. And then he immediately started to heal the sick, cast out demons, make disciples. And they saw it, and everything they saw him do, they knew that they were responsible to do as well. And so we're following Jesus today. He's alive and well. He's, he's seated on the throne. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And if we're going to follow him, the same Jesus that's right here in Matthew 28, Jesus says, I only do that which the Father does when he was on earth. Well, what was Jesus doing on earth? In Luke 19, uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, he says, it says the Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and to save the lost. So if if we're following Jesus then there'll be some aspect or there should be some aspect of our life that's reaching out to others around us. And discipling them. Right? And discipling them. Yeah. Making making room for them. I love the simplicity of it too. Like you've adopted the simplicity, but we, we were talking even this morning about how it's interesting what you see in the Bible when you bring nothing to the table except for what you read. Right. It's so clear. And it's 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 it can be easy to bring a presumption to the table, uh, uh, a, a theological doctrine that that may not be accurate to the to the word, or or even phrases that we hear in the Christian community, and bring it to the table and think, no, this is what the Christian life is is all about. When you guys when you guys read that, when you guys saw that, and when you guys decided to adopt that as really the driving force, it really was out of simplicity, wasn't it? It Just is believing him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would even have you speak to it, Chris, because I remember when you got saved, um, how, how many years ago was that? Man, 19, 19 years, 20, 20 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. And it, it was, if I could be honest, just where I was at and really where our church was at at that moment, we loved the Lord. When almost most churches are today, we, we love the Lord, but we were waiting for the world to come to us. Yeah. If you want help. You know where our church is. Come, come on. You know where we post our service times out. Come, come get <laughs> yeah. it. Come get the solution. And I remember Chris began to get this, the almost like reading the scriptures to be like, well, why aren't we doing what it's telling us to do? And we were kind of like, well, we don't really have a good reason why we're not doing it. And, and all of a sudden something began to birth in all of us. Like, look, we, we're not going to go wait for the world to come to us. We owe the world an encounter with the Lord. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's simple. And in the church, we're doing a lot of good things that I don't think we need to stop doing. Um, but I think that the church needs to get, so I'll speak to it this way. Um, on a Sun, we do so much in the, on, on the Sunday, in, in Sunday, on Sunday morning at church, right? So people will say, well, my call is I, I'm a door greeter in the church. Or I've heard people say, I made coffee. For 50 years at church on Sunday morning, I'm like, that's wonderful. What you do on Sunday, though, is not your identity. Mm. I'm the kids minister, or I'm this, or I'm the youth pastor. That's great. That's what you do on Wednesday. That's what you do on Sunday. But what are you doing Mm. from Sunday at 2 p.m. until Saturday night? (laughs) Like, 
we're all called as believers to make disciples. And I'm, I'm reminded of that testimony of, of Pastor Greg. Um, right. a wonderful story. I think I could share it pretty shortly. He was in, an, in another state getting ready to fly back home, um, back to Florida, and he was tired. And he's, he's the worship leader at Generation Church. And he um, was like, man, I'm tired. I, I kind of hope this, this uh, Uber driver doesn't want to talk too much. I've been in that place as well, just being tired. He gets in while the guy starts talking to him. Do, do you, like, are you doing music? You know, they're talking about music. And um, he ends up telling the guy, well, why don't you put on uh, my song on Spotify? It's a worship song. Well, the guy's a Muslim. And he turns on this worship music and the presence of God fills the car. And, and Greg is sitting there and he's like, oh man, um, I've, I've got a couple minutes and I need to make disciples. <laughs> and so he, he's kind of like, what do I do? Like he knows the gospel, but he's like, how do I articulate this in a short way? So he pulled up one of, one of our tools, the gospel guide, and, uh, and he just reads it. And the guy gets born again in the car, this Muslim man. And then Greg begins to disciple him. Hey, you know, you're, you're Muslim. You have to tell your family. The guy's like, I know I'm going to go tell him I'm going to follow Jesus. So here's Greg gifted as a worship leader, a very gifted worship yeah. leader, but aware of his call to make disciples and the presence of God comes and he's aware and he shares with the guy and the guy's born again. And that's what, it's all about yeah. an Uber ride, a stop at Target, you know, Chick-fil-A, a DoorDash person, e equipping the church to do that everywhere they go. And let's be honest, what Greg experienced in that car ride where he felt the Holy Spirit leading him to go to, to give the gospel to this Muslim man. All of us know that that pull, we feel that we're really good at saying no to that. <laughs> really, like, we are professionals. When we feel that tug of the Holy Spirit and we're in Target and we see that person we need to go to, we're really good at being like, ah, don't have time. And we, like, we are professionals at saying no. And I, I personally, I don't believe evangelists necessarily are, are great orators or speaking well, or they're just really good at saying yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing. I mean, we've, we shared testimonies on one of the other podcasts where, you know, somebody was fumbling through their words, not even sharing the gospel well, got the word of knowledge wrong, prayed for the wrong thing, and it was a mess, but the person got saved. Right. right? Because, because of their yes, as fumbly as it was, somebody encountered the Lord. So imagine if we said yes as many times as we say no. And that's, that's really what 33rd is trying to do with the local churches. We just want to come alongside of you and help you say yes as many so, times as you can. Because yeah. the Lord's speaking to you. You might not be aware of it, but he is speaking to you. And will you say yes? And, yes. and, and helping remove the barriers. But there's a lot of barriers. Like people will say, and I won't go over all of them, but just one is like, I don't like to push what I believe on other people. So they feel like evangelism's pushy or, and well, we have an understanding that this is the greatest right. news. It's good news, yeah. right? The Bible says that people without Jesus are already condemned. So our message isn't believe in Jesus or go to hell. Our message is, listen, you're lost. You're already headed in that direction. You're not happy with your life. 
we're going to preach you out of condemnation and into life. Or people will say to me all the time, well, you know, I just, I just think that your approach, you know, just walking up to a stranger and sharing with them, like that's not a right, that's not a good form of evangelism. You have to, you have to build like relational equity with people. And I'm like, well, how's that working out for you? How many, how many people have you led to the Lord in the past month or in the past five years? Many of them have never led somebody to the Lord, but we adopt these ideas. In the last two days, I've led five people to Jesus because of the mentality of I'm going to make disciples. I've removed the barriers. I'm partnering with the Holy Spirit. So we have a lot of barriers in the body of Christ. Fear is one, right? Just um, I, people not being equipped is another one. And so we want to remove those barriers and, and tell people, if you can just get started, like, like we really feel like if we can help people get started, then the moment they get started, it's, it's off to the races. You know, if, just to, to your point of relational equity, I think it's an interesting excuse because relational equity between people is usually built by trust, experiences, maybe gifts, opportunities. The greatest gift was already paid you have, you're offering the greatest relational equity ever paid for anybody. That's right. How in the world do you need to build your own relational equity when you're actually presenting his? Right. And it's absolute. I mean, that if, if, if that's clearly understood, it's so much easier. Even as I'm saying it, like I actually feel the weight of that. Like <laughs> the, the reality of the fact that we were building, excuses around both our insecurities, but also this pressure that we have to bring our own skill to the table. You, you said it earlier um, off camera, but uh, Chris led somebody to the Lord yesterday. You were there and you were like, you know, he, if somebody analyzed everything he said, which we'll have a testimony video of it, I think yeah. you, you, you even said, you're like, it wasn't anything super profound. It wasn't like, wow, what great revelation you gave that person. It was simple. It was, it was basic, right? But that person's heart was, was open and the Holy spirit came into that conversation and captured that person's heart in our own strength. We possess none of the, the wording, the persuasiveness, the, the great arguments to be able to convince somebody, nor would we want to convince right. somebody to follow Jesus, which is why the simple gospel is always the go-to. Mm-hmm. Right. If you got to create some complex and you got all these things you've memorized to recite, I mean, fantastic, but it's the power of God that saves. That's right. right? It's not you. So if somebody's, as you just said, it is limits themselves because they don't have the right words, like join the club. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're not trying to possess the right words. And when it, when it comes to the relational thing, people don't have relationship right now in the world. People are, they have technology. People are boxed in. They, they don't have real relationship when they meet somebody that has the presence of God on them. Right. So like I'm walking through uh, the mall and I bump into my, now my friend, right? So we're not going out to convert people. I'm going out to bring people into my family. So we say discipleship isn't a program, it's family. So when I'm talking to that person, I'm thinking, are you going to be the next person sitting at my table? Right. Which that's opening up your life. That's what costs you everything. Because no longer is it about me, 
my comfort, what I need. If we took a gauge on what I did for myself in the past four days, five (laughs) days, I can't tell you one thing that I did for myself that I was like, wow, Chris did that for himself. Everything I've done the past four or five days has been laying down my life for other people and inviting people into my space. That's discipleship. And the church has modeled something different. The church has come on Sunday, office hours, and I'm, right. I'm okay with that. Right. Like there needs to be boundaries and there needs, but when I look at Jesus, he didn't have office hours, right? He, and then he would be tired, right? They get out of the boat. There's a crowd that said Jesus would be moved by compassion towards those people. So it's, it's, it's removing the barriers it's like these people that just got led to the Lord a couple hours ago. They're so hungry for community. They're so hungry for family. They are desiring relationship. Sometimes yeah, they were even texting you. They're texting they, they me. Were, they were taking faster steps than you were. Yeah, they, they're ready yeah. to come into the family of God. And so when we see it that way, those barriers fall. Right. And we can truly make an impact. Well, just to go back to compassion for a moment. I mean, I remember when again, 15, 20 years ago, when we first started to go out, I would go out on evangelism so I could get a testimony. Yeah. And many people, when there's an evangelism opportunity, they go out so that they're not the only one without a testimony. I remember thinking, oh God, please let me not be the (laughs) only person who doesn't have a testimony today. Give me somebody. I'd look for the 80-year-old person with a cane. Like, oh, they seem nice. Like just trying to get... A testimony and <laughs> that that does very little good, right? Because it's all about you. Yeah. And that compassion must be at the root of everything where we see them the way that God sees them. Where we're moved with compassion. We're moved off of complacency. Man, I I must give them everything. And not just from the gospel message, but then it becomes my time. And then it becomes It'd be my resources or I'm inconvenienced, but that compassion must be at the root of that. Well, you said it perfectly. It's not being moved by what you can get. It's what you can give, but it's because of, it's really because of what they're worth, not even through our own eyes, but through his. Yeah. And and the word says, deny yourself, Mm -hmm. pick up your cross and follow. We have a lot of self in the Christian world. Yeah. Even a lot of, it's maybe even hard to fully articulate this, but there are evangelists that I've met that love the lost for themselves. Yeah. For the picture, you know, with the people or for the, and it's, it's crazy or like in, within the worship. It's so common too. It's common. So common. In in the worship. Even somebody who's, who's just doing it for the first time feels like they have to capture it, take a picture. So Mm -hmm. everybody else knows what they've done. And, and I want to be, and we want to raise up people that are motivated by the compassion of Jesus to do what he's told us to do. And I had a moment with Chelsea one day. I was in Florida when we were out there at Generation Church. We're in, in our big van, staying in the Airbnb, and I break down. Like, I don't cry all the time, but I start crying. And I'm like, Chelsea, I will go out for the rest of my life. If I've never saw another person born again, it's okay. He told me to go, I'm going to go. He gave me my marching orders, I'm going to do it. There's no plan B. It's just, this is what mm-hmm. he's told me to do. 
And when I've, when I've done that and denied myself, picked up that cross and follow, then you've, you've witnessed it. Aaron's witnessed it. Other of my friends, it's like you become a magnet. It's yeah. like God just, it's like a fish are just jumping in the boat because <laughs> God's like, okay, that person's about what I'm about. Yeah. And it's his heart is, is to make disciples and to bring people into the kingdom of God. Well, you, you say over and over, it's, you can, evangelism will cost you your time, but discipling people will cost you your, your life. Right. You got to lay it all down. And that's what he actually said to do. He didn't just say, go out and evangelize to all the nations, but to make disciples of them. That's it's right. going to come with the cost. Yeah. But it's worth it. It's right? worth it. So I'd say, go and make disciples. <laughs>